Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the edge of the NFL. Here's your host, the one, the only, Christopher Santiago. Monday, Monday, Monday. Happy Monday, everybody, and no doubt about it, welcome to the Anchor's first episode of the Edge of the NFL. I'm your host, Christopher Santiago. We got a lot to cover today here on the Edge of the NFL. Welcome again to the first episode on the Anchor of the Edge of the NFL. If you don't know me from Facebook Live, I'm Christopher Santiago, the host of this show. I'm so happy for any listeners that are about to listen to today's show broadcast. It's going to be a fun day. Um, welcome again. And we got a lot to cover today on the NFL. Uh, so, of course, we're going to start with our first segment of today. Well, yesterday we had the Battle of Undefeated 5 0 Pittsburgh Steelers against the 5 0 Tennessee Titans. And it was a matchup to the ages. It lived up to the hype. No doubt about it. But in the end, it was the Steelers who walked out on top. I'm a little sad about it. Um, of course, I'm a Tennessee Titan fan. I'm a big diehard fan of them. And it, it was sad to see the ending. Well, let's analyze this game. No doubt about it. Tennessee Titans losing to the Steelers 27-24 yesterday to the unbeaten Steelers. So, first half dominated by the Steelers. We talked about that this was something that... I said that if they were going to lose to any team in the NFL, it was going to be the Steelers. The Tennessee Titans, of course, they have one of the biggest problems right now when it comes to third down getting off the field. Ben converted, Big Ben Roethlisberger converted three big first downs yesterday that kept drives going. The first drive, it started with... Literally, a chance to get off the field on third down and 14. And Pittsburgh converted. And they had chances after chances. And they still could not get Pittsburgh off that field in the first dang half. I mean, James Conner fumbled the football in the first drive. Tennessee could have, if you take literally seven points off, maybe we would have been talking about Tennessee walking away with the victory. Pittsburgh dominated. It looked like Pittsburgh was going to run away with this with this dang game. And out of the big blue, Tennessee's defense. Did I just say that right? Tennessee's defense, who have literally... Have not shown up at all this year. We're talking about 30 plus points a game out of the six games they played. They have allowed 30 plus games in four of them. And you know, your your third down defense is one of the worst of the NFL. They are really the NFL's worst third down defense in the NFL right now. They cannot get anybody to literally get off the field. And I'm literally watching yesterday this game and all of a sudden the second half comes in and then Tennessee got hot. I mean, we're talking literally 
they literally showed up in the second half. Three points only allowed in the second half by the Tennessee defense. I literally thought this was going to be a runaway by Pittsburgh. And out of the blue, Tennessee's defense showed up. Three interceptions. Big Ben had a chance to end the game in the final drive. But for some reason, Mike Tomlin decided to literally throw the football, put the game away, be up by 10 with three minutes to go. And it costs. There was an interception. Tennessee drove down the field. And I'm thinking about Houston game where Tennessee literally drove from the 10-yard line down the field to tie the game. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, Tennessee is about to pull this big upset. And Steven Taskowski, oh boy. Steven G kicks it wide right. And Steelers survived this Titanus comeback from the Titans where I thought that was going to happen, but it didn't happen. All props to Pittsburgh. They play really well. They have one of the biggest, great defense right now. And, you know, they they really they really are a tough team. Big Ben is really spreading that football around. He's having a great year. And I really said it on uh, the interview last week um, on the NFL podcast. Um, I said that if Big Ben could spread the football, which he did in that first drive, he converted... Uh, first downs to nine different receivers on that first drive. So it goes to show you that this is a team that can spread the football. They have a tough defense. They sack the quarterback. They can literally create turnovers. And Ben can actually fling that football, sling the football around, and create problems. And he has done a great deal to really, really just dominate this this season so far no doubt about it i really am excited for the future of what's coming we know that the playoffs are bound to happen here in in two months and the biggest question in the off season was who in god's good green earth can show up this season with a squad in the AFC or even the NFC with a squad that can actually have a chance to slow down Mahomes. Who has the the edge to slow down Mahomes? And I think, ladies and gentlemen, we can actually say that the Pittsburgh Steelers have a chance to actually slow down Patrick Mahomes. They have a titanic defense right now. Their defense sacks quarterbacks. And this is not like any other defense where the defense is the most dominant thing on their season and they often struggle. This is different. We hardly see the offense and the defense actually show up the same year, ladies and gentlemen. When you look at the 2000 Ravens, They had trouble with their offense. You know, they started the year with Tony Banks as their quarterback. 
and then Trent Dilfer finished the year because he had they had you know Ray Lewis and all those guys on defense. It's the reason that that because you know Ray Lewis always said that if you spot us seven points on offense, game over, we're gonna win this game. I mean, confidence Ray Lewis, that's all he said on that radio. He said if you give this team seven points. That's it. We're going to win the football game. I really... And then you look at 2002 Buccaneers. You know, they had a little bit of struggle on their offense the first half of the season. Then they got a little hot in the end. And, of course, the recent uh, defense that was really, uh, really, really dominant and struggle on offense was the 2015 Denver Broncos. So now we are here... Um with this team, the Steelers. And the biggest question is, have we really find the team that is going to slow down Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? And I believe this is the team that can actually slow down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We talk about a quarterback that can spread the football. Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey, Watkins, Hill, and uh, Clay Edward Bay as a running back now. I mean, he has weapons. The defense is struggling pretty badly, but, you know, we, 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 we're talking about a quarterback that can score 35 points in less than 10 minutes. I mean, that's Patrick Mahomes for you. And everybody's been talking about, well, if to beat Mahomes, you have to duke it out with him. Yes, I understand that. But this is the problem is that Patrick Mahomes is not afraid to duke it out with you and actually will know in his heart that it only takes one mistake, one mistake for a team to literally... Make a mistake against the Chiefs defense, which is not that good, but they will. And that's it. Patrick Mahomes has confidence to really come back. And I really believe, ladies and gentlemen, that Steelers have the weapons on defense to slow Mahomes. I'm not saying that we're not going to see a great game. We're going to see a slow scoring game. Not saying that. But it is possible because we're going to talk about... The Monday Night Countdown, which is Chicago and, of course, the LA Rams. We're going to talk about that later on. But we've known that it only takes a good scheme from either team, a good scheme, to go against Patrick Mahomes and slow him down. I tell people all the time, if you keep him under, under the 30, you have a chance to beat him. The Raiders duked it out, and Mahomes had had his moments on offense, had his moments on the and had bad moments against the Raiders defense, which led to Patrick Mahomes losing against the Raiders. But this is Pittsburgh. It is written. People are already predicting it. They want to see Pittsburgh and Mahomes AFC Championship. We don't know yet. So far. Pittsburgh leads the race on home field advantage. 
Then we go to Mahomes. Then after that, we go to, of course, the Tennessee Titans and et cetera, et cetera. But we're, we're just talking about this Steelers team that really could have the chance to go against Patrick Mahomes and actually beat him. The Steelers are the sole remaining undefeated team. And a lot of people are talking about, well, the Steelers have that monster defense that literally can sack and all. But now it's time to turn the to turn heads to or towards them because they're really good. Derrick Henry was running all over teams, even Buffalo. Buffalo came, Buffalo played Tennessee. They were undefeated, and Buffalo literally didn't have a, a, a chance against Derrick Henry. Houston, Denver, Jacksonville, all these teams. They know they're playing King Henry, and Pittsburgh just penetrated through that offensive line and didn't allow Henry to go all over the field. It is just so, I don't know why, but it's just so obvious that every time that that man does not run for 100 yards, they lose. He is the key to that Titans excuse me, offense. So, Pittsburgh moves on undefeated. We all know Seattle lost their undefeated. Tennessee, along with the Steelers and Seattle, were undefeated. And they lost to Pittsburgh, so they lost their undefeated. So, we move to the next, next moment, to the next game. Pittsburgh has still the Baltimore on their schedule. A lot of people think that this will be the team that maybe has a chance to beat the Steelers. But we know one thing is for sure is that Lamar Jackson's do struggle against hard-hitting defenses. Teams that will smash you in the mouth, teams that will get on you, confuse you, he will get on you. So... It's still on the schedule, but there's cracks for a puzzle to be solved. And Tennessee did a lot of uh, throwing, exposing a little bit. So who knows what's going to happen. But Pittsburgh still remains undefeated. Tennessee is 5-1. They move on. They go to Cincinnati next week. And I'm just, as a Titans fan, it scares me. Next week, because you know what? These are the kind of games where Tennessee just came from a hard loss. And there's two things that are going to happen. Either they're going to show next Sunday... So overconfidence to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals that they're going to lose that game. Or they're going to show up pissed off so badly that they're going to literally throw Joe Burrow all over the place. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about the Seattle Seahawks first loss. And of course, Kyler Murray, Magic in the Desert. Also, we have the Monday Night Countdown coming up. 
And of course, we have the return of Antonio Brown. We're going to talk about that also. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go to a quick break and we will see you here in a short bit. Server, you give her the Rogers stream for her insurance. Well, that's just fine, considering the Rogers rate isn't real. Yeah, but I'm sure you gotta probably pull some strings or something. Yeah. Look, there's no strings. Here's the deal State Farm offers everyone surprisingly great rates. Hey, Wynn, with the Rogers rate. Oh, did you guys want some? You wanna make every game interesting? Step one. Open the BetMGM Sportsbook. Step two, put some skin in the game. And step three, showtime. TDs, back with K's, RBIs, and the TKOs and B-I-G's. Now you're in the ring with the king of sportsbooks. You know what to do. Welcome back to the Edge of the NFL, sponsored by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Bet MGM. It only takes one step, and it's easy to bet. And also by Apple, new 5G network. Welcome back to the Edge of the NFL. I'm your host, Christopher Santiago. So excited to... Definitely bring this broadcast to you live from the Anchor. This uh, this one's for you, Anchor. Thank you so much for having me on your app. And we continue our broadcast. So yesterday we saw some magic in the desert. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, no doubt about it, were down 10 points and 5 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Kyler Murray made 10 points just disappear just like that and of course the Arizona Cardinals um pulled the stunner in in the desert they beat Seattle who was also undefeated yesterday and of course Seattle losing their first game Seattle no doubt about it have the two questions under mind what the heck was Russell Wilson throwing to a lot of interceptions yesterday was shown, but yet again, he's still the favorite of the MVP race this year. So as we welcome you back to the edge of the NFL, if you guys watched this game, this was actually one of those games where I was just like, my mouth was open. It was one of those thrilling, thrilling games that I saw. I was really excited that this game was brought to the Sunday Night Lights. Of course, uh, everybody wanted Pittsburgh and Tennessee, but of course, with the uh, CBS contract that happened with the uh, COVID-19 with the Tennessee Times player, of course, we led to um, 
you know, to this to be the broadcast of yesterday's Sunday Night Football. But the NFL did an amazing job of posting this because in the end, this game was exciting. It was so good. It was really, really unbelievably just a great game. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat just watching this game. And this young kid, this young kid, Kyler Murray, comes in and he just literally, just, just literally just dominates this, um, this Seattle defense, which is not really that good. This is really going to be the Achilles heel for Seattle this year is going to be their defense. So let's talk about breaking down this team so far. Let's talk about Kyler Murray. Last year, this young kid from Oklahoma throws for 4,500 yards, having literally one of the greatest rookie seasons. He literally tore up Cam Newton's rookie record. He's dominating the stat sheets as a rookie. And I'm literally telling myself, this kid is going to be something. Now, there was one thing I did say that um, I mean, the one thing that I said was that Colin Murray, the only thing that he has trouble with is that he doesn't set his feet. The thing is, is that he literally learned from that because he literally sets his feet now every time that he throws a football. I really like somebody that actually takes the faults of his of something that is really bothering him. And he literally worked the offseason. He was throwing the football like a baseball. Like he was just had his leg up. And sometimes the ball will be wobbly. And he made rookie mistakes and all. But he looked at his mistakes. It's like this kid looked at the film from last year and said. You know yeah I threw for this many yards. But I need to work on setting my feet. Yeah I threw for so many yards. But I need to. Literally check my reads before I get to the line of scrimmage. Check my hot spots. Check where it's going to be on. Where the mic is going. Where the blitz is coming. I mean, all those things he did. I mean, yesterday I said to myself that Seattle was up by 10 with 5 minutes to go. And I'm saying to myself, here's the thing. This is where Seattle can just say, we got him. He's young. There's no way. Not against this defense. I don't think he he will. <laughs> but I'm literally just watching this yesterday. And 
he literally just went in and stole the show. It took a little bit of time, that second, that first drive, the touchdown drive. It really did bother me a little bit. I was just like, oh my goodness, what is going on here? And there was two and a half minutes left, and Seattle, half as a football, they went and had a first down. Then they get the two-minute warning. And then Seattle just goes blank. And we see this young kid. And I, I'm I'm literally just like. Look at what progression when you do. Your assignments and you want to learn so good. This is what this young man did. He checked his reads. He wasn't. He knew where he had to go. With the football. I mean, he threw this sidearm throw to Larry Fitzgerald. And the ball was perfect. And I was just like, my goodness, this kid has learned. He has learned to to really check where the ball needs to be. He's a young phenom. Seattle may not have to worry too much. The NFC West is literally loaded this year, ladies and gentlemen. The Rams may not be the high-scoring Sean McVay powerhouse that they were two years ago. But they still win games with Sean McVay. San Francisco, they may have a lot of defensive uh, you know, injuries and all, but they still are winning games. And of course, young Arizona. Larry Fitzgerald was asked, why did you come this year? This is a team that is rebuilding to literally bring pieces to young Kyle Murray. And he said, I I really believe in this kid. I honestly will say one game doesn't define a career. Well, ladies and gentlemen, John Elway, when he came back from 19 points down to the Baltimore Colts in 1983, in his rookie year, it defined what this man was going to do for the next 17 years with the Denver Broncos. If you're up by 14 points against John Elway with two minutes left, you better pray your defense shows up. Because he does not quit. And Kyler Murray, you know, he had some flashes last year. But now here we go with this year, and this is Seattle. This is the top dog of the NFC West. And they literally was... Like, it really blew my mind that Seattle actually just just really had a chance to get away with a 6-0 record. But as much as good as Russell Wilson was really going yesterday, he made some struggling throws. 
We had the red zone uh, interception by Arian Peterson where, you know, it was stopped at the 10-yard line. Of course, Seattle's defense did show up in that because, of course, fourth down, they they stopped Kyle Murray. But here we are now. It's the fourth quarter, five minutes to go. You're up by 10. And this young kid from Oklahoma just tours it up on you. Seattle has an Achilles heel this year. This is not the Seattle defense that we knew in 2013 that decimated, annihilated, and destroyed the Denver Broncos who were high scoring. This is not the Legion of Boom anymore. This team has a gas leak, and if this goes on to the January, this will be exposed by somebody in the AFC or even in the same playoffs. This team has to remember that they still have games with Sean McVay, with the 49ers, with the Packers probably in the playoffs. Things are going to happen. And it doesn't matter if Russell Wilson is having MVP numbers. He's having the same kind of numbers that Peyton Manning had in 2013. But where did that get Peyton Manning in the end? It didn't matter if Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdowns in 2013. He got annihilated by the Legion of Boom, 43-8. to And now this is the same thing we're talking about. Seattle has a powerhouse offense with this quarterback who's having an MVP year. He's slinging the football. He's having a great time of his life. But there's gas leak. And somebody is about to light a match on that Seattle team. And they better make sure they get something ready to go for January. Because no doubt about it, if Russell Wilson does not show up in, one, in another game, then we all know where this is going to go. I mean, things are happening... It's getting ridiculous, but I'm just getting to a point where, you know, as we've seen this from Seattle. Seattle survived Minnesota a couple of weeks ago on Sunday Night Football. And now here they are again against the Arizona Cardinals. They were up by 10, and only one thing that was asked from Nolan Smith, defensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks, is to put blitzes to annihilate destroy Kyler Murray we're up by 10 let's go home with a 6-0 record but it didn't happen 10 points disappear in 5 minutes and even when Arizona missed the field goal in overtime what happens Russell Wilson throws a pick gives the ball right back to Arizona and Arizona kicks another 
field goal wins the game. They are really, really good. I'm really am excited about Kyler Murray. He's really shown promises to me. Seattle again. You got a great offense, but you have a leak on that defense. And if it doesn't get fixed, sooner or later, somebody is going to expose y'all. Kyler Murray gave a lot of people that are going to face you sooner or later confidence. But it's, it is what it is. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take another commercial. Coming up next, we are going to talk about, well, I know my commercial says we're going to, we don't talk about them, but we're not going to talk about them for an hour of them. It's, that's the Dallas Cowboy, America's team. Andy Dalton and the Cowboys definitely <laughs> are splitting the headaches and concussion for Andy Dalton. As for the Cowboys, they fall to two and five. They have a Sunday night football game next Next Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. And of course, it's still drama in Big D. So we'll be back, ladies and gentlemen. We are living in a different era right now. We're waiting to hear something. There were days when the sun was so cruel. Leave football alone. It's all we got. Definitely, we are back on the edge of the NFL. Every time I hear that commercial, I always laugh. Uh, the fans, you know, it was really scary in March, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we thought we were not going to have football, no sports. I mean, March Madness got canceled. And, um, you know, everything was really, uh, really on onto a hold. But, you know, NFL is back. Um, there's a lot of drama with the whole COVID but there is no bigger drama in the NFL right now than the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys have this drama on defense in which, you know, 
nobody has talent or I don't know what's going on. But since the Cowboys were formed, since Dallas was founded, they have not looked this bad on defense at all. And they are literally, literally the worst football team right now alongside with the New York Jets. They joined the NFL in 1960. They had a horrible defense. But statistically, ladies and gentlemen, statistically, the Dallas Cowboys defense in 2020 are actually two times worse by two games already the worst team since the National Football League expansion of the Dallas Cowboys formation in 1960. They are the worst team statistically. I mean, it doesn't matter if Jerry Jones has revenue this team to a $4 billion uh, marketing team. It doesn't matter if you have the talent or anything. There's drama in Big D for the last years. I mean, the Cowboys finally got rid of Jason Garrett. After all the Cowboy fans were mad at Jerry Jones for sticking with Jason Garrett for all these years, 8-8 eight and eight Garrett, they bring Mike McCarthy. Now, I give props to Jerry Jones about it. I mean, there was the... He brought a coach that has the Super Bowl pedigree on his belt. He coached Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. So, of course, Jerry Jones went in, called Mike McCarthy and said, I need you to coach Dad Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Gallup, Cooper, my offense, and bring the best out of them, and literally bring me a Super Bowl before I croak. And, you know, they lost to the Rams in week one on Sunday Night Football, 20-17, to and then... This happened, and that is that they started losing games like crazy. But they weren't losing games like, you know, 20 to 23. They weren't losing 20 to 17 or anything like that. They were losing games where the defense allows 40, 38, 35. They are actually allowing 35 points per game. They are the worst defense in the NFL right now. And of course, the big bad news star drama is that Dak Prescott, who was having an MVP year, by the time before he got hurt, he had 1,600 yards passing. He was in the debate with Russell Wilson for MVP. 
and literally everything goes down the smoke with his leg injury. Andy Dalton comes in and everybody was like, they believe maybe Andy with his experience in Cincinnati, he had AJ Green and all, maybe he's going to resurrect his career or something. And of course, Dallas lays an egg last week on Monday Night Football against the Cardinals, 38 to 10. They got smoked by Kyler Murray. We were just talking about him earlier. And then the Cowboys lose to Arizona. Jerry Jones press conference. Well, we're we're excited to 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 say that we are not afraid, and and the Dallas Cowboys are going to win uh, the NFC East. I still believe in Mike McCarthy. And all, so we're gonna get on the plane. Well, yeah, you got on the plane, but the thing is, is that you go to Maryland and you only scored three points. You literally went to Washington. They play in Maryland, but they're the Washington team, and you only scored three points. For the love of all that is holy, I have never seen a Cowboys this bad at all. Their def- There's been times where defense has been bad. I mean, there was a time where Tony Romo led Cowboys was really, really bad. And he had the talent and all, but here we are. In 2020, and, and, and now we're in this. I, I I'm just shocked, man. Shocked that this team literally went from bad to worse. Andy Dalton suffers in concussion, and now we're literally. Literally, right now with. With one of the worst teams ever. I mean, I feel bad for... For literally the fan base right now. I mean, I, I'm not this kind of guy that's going to... Well, I just hate the Cowboys or whatever. No, I I, I mean, I'm not going to go there with, y- with y'all. I mean... I mean... Right now, I mean, y'all, I mean, you know, if it's Garrett Gilbert or Ben DiNucci, doesn't matter who, man. I mean, it's just killing me right now of all the things that are happening to this team. It's getting bad from worse. And next week, they got Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz is playing like crap, but at least he he's pulling games. I mean, the Eagles, the Giants, and the Washington team have a chance. I mean, the Cowboys still have a chance to maybe they're going to show up and start getting going with one of these quarterbacks. But it's unlikely with that defense is going nowhere. It's looking like this team is going to win the division randomly. One of these four teams are going to win the division randomly with either above 500 or less 500. 
They got to play better. But, you know, it's just crazy where Washington team are looking at themselves saying, well, you know, usually we're not in the talk about the division by now. We actually have a chance to win this. Philadelphia, who was so horrible to start the season, they still are. They're looking at themselves, all the injuries are happening in Dallas, saying, <laughs> oh boy, easy division. The Giants are probably just saying, yeah, we're a rebuilding team. Eli Manning retired, so now we're trying to get this going. San Juan Barkley's not here, but hey, we're, we're going to try and continue our, our world, and well... They're still on rebuild mode. It is just so, so sad. Everything that's happening to that team. But that's the NFC East for y'all this year. So, let's get ready to see where this is going. Because right now, the Eagles are favorite to win it now. The Cowboys were... The pick. They were my pick to win the E's this year. And out of the blue, you know, they have a great offense, but their defense is just slumped. And now Ezekiel Elliott, he got the money, so now he's just playing like he stole money. Someone better call the cops. Because he literally stole money, and he's playing like crap. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, even though Monday Night Football has officially begun, we're going to talk a little bit about the Monday Night Countdown. So we'll be back and stay tuned for the duration of the Edge of the NFL. It was the night before kickoff went all through the house. Not a player was stern. Not even a... Huh? Them nachos? Oh, yeah. Brady polished his helmet to give it a gleam, excited for game day with his brand new team. The offense was nestled, all snug in their beds, as Doritos and touchdowns danced in their heads. You're a very loud chewer. I chew, I chew. And Romo, on the shadow, Axis crystal ball, if Lay or Cheeto should be the next call. When up in her room, there arose such a clatter as Katie prepared for a defense to shatter. Away to the window, Bronco ran in a flag. He tore open the shutter and threw up the sack. Kickoff is coming. The pregame is here. Fans and players all decked out in gear. Now get the Doritos and get the Tostitos. Or sauce or queso. Get the Lay's and the Cheetos. To the front of the sofa. Run down the hall. Now snack away. Snack away. Snack away, y'all. Because kickoff is here. And it's game day, y'all. So happy kickoff to all. And to all a good night. Back on the edge of the NFL, we welcome you y'all back to the show. Um, Monday Night Football, guys, has officially begun. Um, you know, we know that Chicago has Nick Foles. And Nick Foles has literally this... This defense that maybe can help them get to the next step with a new team. Philadelphia Eagles made a decision to let him go, stick with Carson Wentz. And at the end of the day, you know, it was a decision they had to 
do it, but they had to. So now, here we are with the Monday night football game between the Rams and the Bears. Let's subtract ourselves two years ago, ladies and gentlemen. Sean McVay was this young head coach who was dominating teams, outplaying them with his re-motion. Jared Goff was having MVP year. And the next thing you know is that one team that year held this team to only six points. Six points in the regular season. It was a Sunday night football game between the LA Rams and the Chicago Bears. Here we are two years later. Now, things have changed a little bit in the Bears because their defense is not as dominant as they were two years ago, but they're still a lethal defense. Jared Goff is not playing as strong and anything as he was two years ago, but he's still playing his heart out. Now, we talk about the two-year-ago game is that ever since that happened, teams started to kind of dictate and make formations the same way the Bears did that game. And they started to have a little success with this team. Sean McVay and the Rams were averaging 30 points a game two years ago. Now they're averaging 21? 24? I mean, is it really that ever since the Bears kind of exposed Sean McVay's offense a little bit, that it led to Bill Belichick using the same scheme and beating this team 13-3 for Belichick to win his sixth Super Bowl? I mean, it is really, really to the point where I'm just like, so much has changed. I mean, it is, I mean, has really gone to the point where adjustments were made and now this man cannot lead this team to the promised land anymore. I mean, they're still a lethal football team, the Rams, but the thing is, is they're not as lethal as they were two years ago. The Bears now have Nick Foles, and I'm just like watching every day, week in, week out with Nick Foles, the resurrection of Nick Foles, because literally they made the biggest mistake of letting him go. This is the man that won Philadelphia's first and so far only Super Bowl. Carson Wentz got hurt, and they literally said, hey, you know what? We're still going to ship you off. And you know what's really crazy, ladies and gentlemen? Is that two years ago, you know who was the head coach of the Chicago Bears? 
Oh, guess what? It's the same head coach of this year. Matt Nagy was a rookie head coach. He's a defensive mind, and he's the one that came up with the plan of how to beat Sean McVay. I picked the Bears in this game already. I like me some Nick Foles. He's having a great year. I bet, literally, Tampa, I mean, excuse me, the Patriots are looking at Tom Brady and saying, oh, man, I wish we never got rid of him. Everybody thought that Tom Brady was done. Look at the Patriots now, 2-4. and four. Look at the Eagles. Bye, Nick Foles. Good luck. Yeah, he got concussed and didn't have a good year in Jacksonville. Then he goes back to Chicago. Now he has a defense and everything. And I'm just like, Philadelphia looks like dumb crap for letting him go. Oh, my goodness. I am just stunner about this. I already made my game pick. I picked Chicago in this game. It's just the story of this game is just so amazing. About what happened two years ago and with now. It is just one of those that it reads the story, it breathes the story, and the story just moves on to two years later. We don't have a Wade Phillips Rams defense anymore. And Sean McVay better start drawing some new plays on his playbook because people are starting to figure it out. You know what? It took 18 years for people to figure out how to slow down the West Coast offense. It took 13 years to slow down Mike Shanahan's brilliance playbook. And it took only... One game? One game, ladies and gentlemen. It took one game for people, for teams and everybody to realize this is how you beat Sean McVay and the Rams. And now they're using the same scheme. They put they put six men on the box or they'll they'll play press. So it's really getting to a point where it's like, we'll see what's going on. As we finish the segment, ladies and gentlemen, Antonio Brown is back. There's not much to talk about Antonio Brown. He's back. And it has been a shocking return. Tom Brady, Bruce Arians say they had nothing to do with it. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are loaded up over there in Tampa. Gronk, Evans, now AB. Now, this man has more, um, as we know, the drama more built than Terrell Owens. But we need to see literally what's going to happen. I mean, this is a man that 
had his life promise in Pittsburgh. He had Le'Veon Bell, Big Ben, and everything went down to smoke because he started talking smack on Twitter. Instead of just saying, you know what, coach, you know what, uh, Ben, I have a problem with this and everything. But he didn't do that. He went to Twitter and decided to talk smack about his quarterback, about his head coach. Well, that head coach hasn't lost, uh, hasn't had a losing season, A.B. And for some reason, I still feel to this day that Antonio Brown did everything in his power to get cut by the Raiders in order to be in a different team. But I guess that went down the smoke when someone accuses you of sexual harassment. Bill Belichick doesn't go for that. Now you're back in the NFL. Now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you got Brady, you got Leonard Fournette in the running back position, you got Gronk, you got Mike Evans. That team is loaded on offense, ready to go to be either the first team to host the Super Bowl in their own town. This team is getting lethier and lethier. It's pretty much getting to the point where you're just like for trying to forget about literally the whole scenario of what happened in Chicago. That everybody was talking about maybe Brady's having Alzheimer's or something because he can't even for, for flipping forget or know what lipping down it is. So it is how we do our thing. Tampa believes that AB is resurrected, ready to go. He has to pass all the tests, protocols, and head on to see where this goes. Some people say this is going to be the biggest mistake in Tampa. Some people say this is good signing. What is A.B. going to do? Is he going to be the same A.B. from many years ago or he's going to be a new one? We will literally find out how this goes. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for joining me on the Edge of the NFL. That's the time that we have for the show, one hour. Of course, I'm so happy that you join us. If anybody join us, um, this is uh, the Edge of the NFL on the Anchor Podcast uh, app. Uh, thank you so much uh, uh, for everybody in Colorado. Be safe. The snowstorm literally happened today uh, and yesterday, and it's snowy. It's cold. But uh, for everybody around the world, uh, in the fifth states or wherever, basically, uh, be blessed. Uh, cheer your team, and we will see y'all next Monday, right here on the anchor the app uh thank you so much we're signing off and we're out and enjoy monday night football peace thank you for watching the edge of the nfl